Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, guys, and welcome back to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. Thank you for joining me for another one of my podcasts. Today, I have a really exciting guest, one of my favourite Hay House authors, Yasmin Boland. So thank you so much, Yasmin, for joining me today, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Emma. That's all right. So if you haven't heard of the amazing Yasmin Boland before, I first came across her incredible book, Moonology, about, God, it must be over a year ago now. And I was so fascinated with the new moon and full moon rituals. And for me, I kind of realized how much the moons can affect us. So I was super excited to have Yasmin on the podcast, not only to learn more myself, but to share her amazing techniques and knowledge with you guys. So I accumulated all the questions which you gave me. So I've got a big variety of questions for Yasmin so Yasmin first of all could you just explain to my listeners what moonology is if you know they've never heard of it before they have no idea about the moon cycles okay so first of all moonology is a word I made up uh, probably 20 years ago having a conversation with a girlfriend of mine who is an astrologer and a psychic and we were talking about the moon and astrology and she was actually helping me with astrology because she was quite already kind of a veteran at it and I was new to it and I was like what about the moon and she goes well moon's really complicated don't worry about the moon I was like no I want to know about the moon and then we talked about the moon for a little bit because she wouldn't she she sort of thought I was too much of a beginner and uh, that was like a red rag to a bull and I became really interested and then another time when we were talking I said to her "Hmm, so I'm really into this moon thing what about have you ever heard of moonology like astrology and she goes oh no, but that's a really important word for you, Yasmin. That was her kind of psychic side coming through. So I wrote it down and eventually I named my website that. So it didn't really mean anything per se. It was just a way of talking about my fascination with the moon. But now if somebody says to me, so what is moonology? Well, really what we do at moonology, I could say, is that we align ourselves with the moon cycles the new moon and then the full moon, which they're about two weeks apart from each other. We get a new moon and a full moon once a month. And, uh, you know, I've been to India many times where uh, I go to a particular ashram where there's a lot of um, not moon worship per se, but moon observation. And so there are big ceremonies at the new moon and the full moon. And I've kind of brought them back home with me and I've, expanded on them and you know really moonology means paying attention at the very very least to the two main cycles which is the waxing cycle which is when the moon is growing from new moon to full moon 
and the waning cycle, which is when the moon is sort of slowly but surely disappearing from full moon back to new moon. So I don't know if that really answers your question, but that is kind of what we do at Moonology. Okay, well, no, that's really fascinating. And I've, I've just thought of a question myself. What? So you hear, you hear of um, once in a blue moon, and we've obviously got a blue moon on the third, is it the 31st of this month? What is a blue yes. moon? Well, there are lots of different definitions of the blue moon. Over the years, there have been different definitions. But the blue moon that we're having this month is only applicable in the northern hemisphere and actually in some parts of the southern hemisphere like Western Australia. But by uh, So the definition of this blue moon is it's actually the second full moon in a calendar month. Okay. Okay, so we're actually getting two full moons in this calendar month. Uh, but if you're, it's, for example, if you're in Sydney or Melbourne or anywhere on the east coast of Australia, it, it actually won't be a blue moon because by the time the full moon actually takes place, they will have crossed the, the midnight dateline and it will be the next day, it will be February the 1st. Um, and, you know, that's an old, old saying, once in a blue moon, it doesn't really have any astrological significance. Um, but, you know, you could say with a, with two full moons in one month, uh, I always use the full moons um, for doing negativity release rituals and ceremonies, uh, getting rid of any upset forgiveness ceremonies, which you would have read about in my book. Um, so, I mean, you could say in theory, February, uh, sorry, January um, gives you double the chances to do the release work, uh, but it's kind of, it's not as astrological, it's um, it's more astronomical, or it's actually kind of folklore in a way, it's just, you know, something people call it, and, and they say once in a blue moon, because you only very rarely get two full moons uh, in one month. Okay, brilliant, thank you for explaining that, and how can we use the moon cycles to manifest and with law of attraction? Okay, so that's where moonology really started for me in a way. Um, you're in the UK uh, and so you would remember the wonderful um, dearly departed Jonathan Kaner. Yeah. And I had been doing my own kind of private new moon wishing ceremonies for a long time, I'd actually found a book called New Moon Astrology by another astrologer who's passed away, actually, Jan Spiller. And um, I kind of like, when I found out about that book, I felt sort of like a calling. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to get my hands on that book. And I ordered it and I lapped it all up. And I started to um, look into New Moon work, which basically is a tradition that dates back literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years uh, where... Um, women wise women and witches would make their set their intentions or cast their spells or make wishes at the time of the new moon because it was seen as the start of the lunar cycle and the time to kind of plant the seed that would then grow and grow and grow through the waxing cycle through to the full moon cycle and the reason why i kind of started writing about it was because i was doing some work for jonathan Kaner. you might remember uh, he went through a phase of getting um, other astrologers to cover for him a lot when he was on holidays. And I was one of the astrologers that was kind of lucky enough to be asked to write for him while he was away. It was all under my own name. It wasn't ghostwriting or anything. 
And um, so one one time I did it, I think it was actually the first time I did it for Jonathan, was, and I, it was the new moon. And I wrote about the new moon and I wrote about sort of the practices that I did about wishing and setting intentions because it's such an incredibly powerful um, process and, and incredibly effective. Like, I mean, I've worked with literally hundreds or thousands of women mainly over the years who started to do new moon intention setting and it, most of them are com left completely gobsmacked by the power of it. So I wrote about it on Jonathan Kaner's website uh, when I was covering for him and of course he had this massive, massive audience of millions around the world and the response I got was just out of this world and I was like, oh my goodness, like wow, people are into this like I'm into it. So I thought, okay, well, let's explore it further. And so that's kind of where the new moon wishing thing comes from. And, and how do we use it to, how do we use the moon to manifest and, and how does that work with law of attraction? I've actually given lectures on that because it's such a good fit between astrology and the law of attraction and the new moon. So basically what it is, is as I said, for, for millennia, until they started burning women at the stake for doing such things, uh, um, women who traditionally made wishes, set, cast spells, set intentions at the time of the new moon, because it's when the sun and the moon are in the same place of the zodiac, and they are the two luminaries, the two brightest lights in our sky. And uh, the reason why it works with law of attraction is because um, when, you, when you work with the law of attraction, uh, like unto itself is drawn. So if you start doing wishing work at the time of the new moon, you will start to invoke the law of attraction because what you do is you actually have to visualise, you have to feel, you have to write, you have to believe. Uh, and so you're basically um, triggering the law of attraction at the time of the new moon, which is a super, super duper time, uh, powerful time to be doing manifesting work, to be doing... Um, to be, a, uh, to be creating. And uh, so it all kind of dovetails together perfectly. And that's why it works. I mean, it's not just me that says it's works. I mean, literally everybody who tries it practically, if they do it with any kind of seriousness and earnest intent uh, and a bit of consistency, you start to see it actually works. And it really, really does work. And so what I kind of think is that it's some kind of superpower that we all have uh, that kind of lay dormant for a long time because of the witches being burned at the stake or the women being burned at the stake as witches um, sort of between about 1300 and 1800. So all the information kind of went underground and people stopped talking about it and women stopped teaching their children how to do it. And now it's all coming back. Well, it definitely does work. Even I can say yeah. it works. Every month I do my new moon ritual and every, yeah. like the next month I'm always ticking things off and I've manifested the money. So that's why I'm so passionate about telling everybody about it because you're right, it does really work. So could you yeah. recommend what we should be doing on a new moon ritual then? What what are the do's and don'ts? Okay, so um, the do's are set aside some time just after the new moon and uh, preferably you know if you like me if you have a husband and child or children uh, you need to do it when you've got a bit of time to yourself um, and you need to kind of set the scene a bit because what you need to do is you need to kind of raise the vibration around you because you need to raise your vibration to the vibration that you want to go to. So what I usually do is I will just light some candles and I'll put on some beautiful music, even if I just put it on my headphones. 
And because I'm, I'm quite caught up in the Indian traditions because of my um, extensive visits to India over the years, I will often um, just get, excuse me, a little ghee candle and light some ghee and, you know, have a word to a couple of the goddesses. But you don't have to go that far if that's not you or you could do the Celtic goddesses. I tend to gravitate towards the Hindu goddesses like Lakshmi, Saraswati and Durga. So you just kind of invoke some uh, some higher spiritual beings um, if you want to. You don't have to. And then you just write down your wishes, your top ten wishes for the month ahead and um you know be as expansive as you can be it's very tempting when you're busy just to quickly scribble them off and go right done them but the more energy you put into it the more you're going to start to feel the vibration and uh and then what you need to do is you need to read them back and you need to see how you feel about them and where you feel like you can't really imagine that coming true then you kind of put a little asterisk next to that and sort of give yourself a reminder that you're going to have to work a little bit harder on that one um and yeah you visualize them you feel them and uh you know eventually you can either burn your list and uh forget about it which is kind of ideal like in traditional magical practices um i think i mean i'm not that well versed in traditional magic practices but what i know of them people tended to suggest you would um make your kind of wishes known to the universe and then forget about them because then you're kind of non-attached. And if you work with the law of attraction, you know that being non-attached is the most important thing because, um, you know, if you continually are thinking, you know, just say you, let's see, you want to go on holiday and um, you kind of keep thinking, oh, I, I really want to go, 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 I really want to go. There becomes a kind of an energy of desperation as if it's probably not going to happen. So you have to kind of, you know, be careful of that. Um, also, you need to be careful about wishing if you're if you're really, you know, keen on someone and you're trying to wish to have a date with them. That's all great, but you, you must be careful not to uh, meddle with anyone else's free will, basically, uh, because that will also, that can have a karmic lashback. Um, I mean, it's quite an involved process, uh, you know, which is why I've written a whole book about it, <laughs> because also you can take into account the moon side, the sign that the new moon is in and you can look at it where it is in your chart so you can know where you're getting um, those sorts of starts so you know that's kind of like a brief guide um just to say though i actually don't burn my wishes because i am well i'm an ex-journalist for one thing you know i'm kind of investigative in my own way and i like to be able to refer back to my uh wishes from the past and see, as you say, tick them off because it kind of makes me feel more like I can see that, you know, the work is working kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, that's sort of an outline of, of how to do it. Brilliant. And with the full moon, you say that's about letting go. Is it the same sort of process with writing a list of things you want to let go and burning it? Uh, yeah, more or less, more or less. That's, I mean, that's the basics of it. And it's to be done with love and intention, you know, and you don't like when you're letting go of negativity, usually uh, if someone else is involved, there's some kind of upset and you need to kind of be very um, mindful of the fact that, you know, we're all here playing out our roles, triggering each other because our souls need to learn certain lessons. And so you need to kind of think about that as you're doing your list of what you're letting go of, whatever upset you that month um, or ever. And, you know, you want to send 
people love even if they're driving you crazy you can kind of thank them for teaching you patience or thank you for teaching you discernment um you know it, it just really it's really powerful to do that and uh I think you can find it on my site, actually, which is also called moonology.com. Um, I'm pretty sure it's on there. Or if you just search Yasmin Boland Formula for Forgiveness, or it's in my book, Moonology, um, there's a formula for forgiveness which was written initially by, it's actually unclear who wrote it, either Catherine Ponder or Charles Fillimore, who are these uh, quite religious people in the States. And I, um, Charles Fillimore has passed away quite a few years ago, but Catherine Ponder is, I think, in her 80s or 90s, and she's still doing lots of very interesting work with a kind of sort of a law of, abund law of attraction, abundance manifestation work, but kind of with a religious edge. And I wrote to her when I was writing Moonology and said, um, would it be okay if I use this but change it a bit because it was a bit too If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Too um, religious for me. Uh, not that I'm anti-religion, but it was just a bit too religious. And she was like, oh, no, absolutely go for it. So you, if you find the formula for forgiveness um, that I've sort of rewritten with Catherine Ponder's permission, um, and you say that, it's just basically about forgiveness sort of in all directions of time, forgiving anyone, ever, anything that ever happened kind of thing. And it's a kind of a way to do an emotional clear out. And, um, you know, the thing is, like, we all know about the full moon and we're all supposed to go a bit crazy when the full moon takes place. That's because all our emotions are coming up to the surface. So my rationale is might as well use the emotions while they're coming up to the surface rather than just sort of stuffing them down with food or alcohol or drugs or exercise or whatever you like to stuff your emotions down with and, um, and deal with them and let them come up and look at them. And it's about processing them. And uh, it's kind of about facing your shadow side, facing your dark side, because you do need to also think about things that you've done that you aren't that proud of in the last month or ever. And, uh, you know, that's quite a, a deep process 
to go through once a month, but it's incredibly freeing. And uh, once you start to do your full moon practices, um, you actually will start to be better at manifesting. A lot of people, um, me included, initially kind of focus on the new moon manifesting because who doesn't want to manifest? You know, it's like, yay, I want to manifest this and I want to manifest that and you want to go on holidays and I want a new house and I want this and I want that, whatever. And, of course, it's very attractive, all the manifesting at the time of the new moon. But actually, the um, it's sort of a yin-yang thing. The manifest manifestation process is hugely aided and abetted by doing a full moon forgiveness or negativity release for, um, ceremony. Because if you are still pent up with upset and anger and resentment and dramas and all that, and they're all swirling around inside you, then that's basically what you're going to start to manifest because you get back what you what you put out. So if you're putting out, you know, negativity, jealousy, paranoia, envy, hate, um, you know, pettiness, anything like that, then you do run the risk of manifesting that even because even though you might do your new moon ceremony, we're also manifesting 24-7. So the new moon is kind of like the time when you do it consciously, but you also need to think about what you're manifesting unconsciously as well. So that's why I sort of try and emphasize the fact that they go together. That you don't really, I mean, you could just probably do the full moon by itself, I suppose, if you wanted to, but it would be kind of a shame to waste the good juju happening at the new moon. But you don't really want to do just the new moon because um, if you want to manifest, you do need to do your energetic clearing once a month at least. I mean, ideally you do it every day, but at least once a month when the emotions are really, really high. Okay, and working with what you said on how the full moon affects our emotions and moods, why do the moon cycles affect us so much? Well, you know, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows that. <laughs> I mean, I really don't think anyone knows that. Um, you know, there's a theory that uh, the moon is the closest sort of heavenly body to us and has some effect on us. It certainly has an effect on the planet Earth because without the moon spinning around us, we would spin out of orbit. Um, and, you know, we know it affects the tides uh, and it, you know, affects water on the planet. We know that we are 70% water, I think it is, or maybe 90%, I can't remember now, but we've made up of a lot of water. It's at least 70%. So, you know, there is a theory to say, well, maybe that's why the moon affects us so much. Um, but it's one of those things I don't think anyone's really, you know, people don't take it seriously enough to investigate it. Um, it's one of those things that people know in their hearts to be true, um, but I don't think anyone's ever done a big... St Actually, no, there have been studies done on crime rates at the time of the new moon, and some of them show increases and some of them don't. There's been studies shown on ER emissions, casualty emissions. Some of them show increases and some of them don't. Um, and there was another study I was reading the other day where they'd done some testing on moon cycles and it and it did prove, you know, it still sort of supported all this. But no, I mean, they were proper scientists looking at this sort of stuff, but there's not really that much investigation. I mean, you've got people like, you know, Brian Cox, who, by the way, is married to a lovely, beloved friend of mine who, you know, I, I'm not being mean about her beautiful husband, but, you know, he's like the smartest guy in England at the moment sort of thing and all the, the poster boy is the smartest boy in England and he completely rubbishes astrology. So, you know, he probably knows nothing about astrology, <laughs> basically. Um, so with people having attitudes like that, sorry, Brian and Jer, if you ever should hear this, um, you know, it's really hard for any proper investigations to get started. 
And is there anything you could recommend that you do to kind of help when, when your moods are affected by the moons? Um, well, I mean, there's always vibe changes that you can do. But I mean, you know, like there are eight main phases in the moon cycle. So there's the new moon, hotly followed by which we've talked about the crescent moon, which is when you kind of need to put your foot down and go for it. Then there's the first quarter moon where a crisis will often come up and you need to deal with it. Uh, then you've got the gibbous moon, which is when things start to get really hot under the collar. Gibbous actually means bulging, and that's kind of like the, the time there. It's like everything's bulging, all the emotions are in a bag about to explode. And then you get the full moon, which is the explosion of the emotions. Then you get the disseminating moon where you kind of start to release things and it starts to everything starts to calm down. Um, the third quarter moon, again, surrender, acceptance. And then the last... Um, phase in the cycle is the balsamic moon which is sort of healing and balsamic actually means soothing and healing and it's a soothing and healing time so you know if i were really pent up or when i get really pent up because i do get really pent up um i will always take a look i mean usually for me it will happen just before the new moon and i'll go all oh, right it's the new moon and then i start to think okay well i need to do my new moon sorry my full moon um, i'm very very sensitive to the full moon i always get like a, a knotted sort of like a ball of anxiety in my just in my heart chakra area and uh often i because i'm always writing astrology months and months ahead um i sometimes forget where we are in the moon cycle and i'll look at the moon i'll go right well, of course i'm feeling like that it's the full moon coming in fact i'm a bit like that right now and um you know so i'll just go off and i'll meditate or i'll you know go for a walk or you know any of the things that anybody would do to make themselves feel better but it, it does help if you understand the, the moon cycles it will help you to understand why you're feeling that way and even though it won't necessarily influence how you will try and make yourself be, feel better at least you'll kind of have understanding about what why you feel the way you do and you know like i mean drinking a cup of really good quality chai for example can be really useful because it's got all the herbs and spices in it or you know just getting some fresh air um and also thinking about the moon phase and thinking okay well this is why i'm feeling like that and you know now now i'm sort of aligned again i can start to think about what i should be doing at this point in terms of where the moon is in her monthly cycle brilliant and is there a example that you want to share with us of something you've manifested with the moons i always like to ask this because so many people manifest different things like what would be the best thing you've manifested with the moon cycles um so the best thing i've manifested with the moon cycles was uh my move to paris which i actually talk about at the start of moonology um, I went to, I was living in Sydney, Australia. I was living at Bondi Beach. So, you know, could hardly be further away from Paris. And um, I sort of recovered a year about up from a broken heart about a year or a year and a half earlier. And I was just kind of sitting around thinking, you know, what am I going to do with my life? Obviously, I'm never going to get married. Um, you know, it's obviously never going to happen for me. So what's my second choice? And I thought, well, hmm. I don't know, I'd love to go to Paris and, you know, spend some time there. I don't know. And then a few days later, so I started making a few wishes about Paris on the moon, on the new moon. And a, a few days after my first round of wishes, I actually bumped into someone in the street who was my friend's ex-boyfriend who lived in Paris. And he was uh, in Sydney kind of trying to, I think, trying to reunite with a girlfriend, actually. And um, he said, well, I'm, in, I'm here. Why don't you go and stay in my place in Paris I was like okay well that's a result and so I said sure I'd love to so he literally gave me the keys to his flat in Paris and so the night I got to Paris 
I, which was probably say three to four weeks later, um, it was the night of the new moon. So um, I thought, okay, well, I better continue this. And so I got to his lovely apartment, which is in the sixth arrondissement of Paris, if anybody knows it. I mean, it's one of the nicest parts of Paris. And I was walking, I went to, I thought, I've got to go to the Eiffel Tower because it's new moon night, like the new moon had taken place, I think, literally, like, as my, because I came to London first and I then got the Eurostar and I literally pulled in just as the new moon was taking place and I said, okay, so I went, I put my stuff there, I decided I'm going off to the, um, going off to the Eiffel Tower to make my wishes because my rationale was I despire of the Eiffel Tower would um, transmit my wishes better up into the skies. And in fact, I was just listening to a podcast yesterday of, um, of uh, actually my teacher in India talking about churches and, and temples and so on. And they, he said they all have spires because it um, receives the cosmic energy as well as transmitting it the other way. Anyway, so I went to the Eiffel Tower, I made my wishes and I wished that I could live in Paris and I wished that I could find love. And, uh, Essentially, I, I, that's what ended up what ended up happening. I, I, I only had a week at this fellow's apartment before he got home, and I found another apartment, and then I found a really cheap apartment in the best part of Paris, in the seventh arrondissement. And you know, I mean, it just all happened, and I just kept going back to the Eiffel Tower and making my wishes every month, and it all just kept happening. So that was my, they're my best ones. But I've done lots of things like, you know, at one point I, I'd never had a column, because I, I write columns and newspapers and magazines, and I'd never had a horoscope column in the States. And I, you know, I remember when I got, I got one there and it was really, really well paid as well. And, um, and I remember looking in my previous, um, in my little book that I write my wishes in and seeing all these things where I'd wished for a, a column in the US, stuff like that, or... I mean, you know, like there's so many things I wish for. I'd practically have to look through my book um, to tell you. And, uh, you know, but I mean, you know, from your experience, I mean, it works. A hundred percent. And that's incredible stories. I'm definitely going to the Eiffel Tower now, definitely, especially on a new moon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so your amazing book, Moonology, for people who haven't managed to get their hands on it yet, what can they learn from reading that book? Um, well... So it's basically the, the, the sort of the subtitle is uh, working with the magic as a lunar cycle. And what it teaches you is it teaches you uh, with the new moon and the full moon, there are basically three ways to work with both of them, three main ways. So the first one is what we've discussed, either making your new moon wishes at the new moon or doing your full moon forgiveness and negativity release at the um, full moon. And then the next layer is to look at uh, what the new moon and the full moon mean through all the signs. So, for example, just coming up, we've got this full moon in Leo. What does that mean? And then uh, in mid-February, we've got the new moon in new moon eclipse. In fact, in Aquarius, what does that mean? And then the third layer for people who are really, you know, willing to uh, go on a learning adventure is how does that trigger my own personal horoscope chart? Because each new moon and full moon will take place in one part of your horoscope chart or another. So that your horoscope chart is the is the chart for where the planets were born were at the time you were born. So um, you know you've got your sun, your moon, your Mercury, Venus, Mars, Saturn, and then you've got all the houses. There are twelve houses which relate to things like your love life and your career and 
your family and your money. And so, you know, a new moon eclipse in your second house of cash is obviously going to um, have some big influence on your financial life or a new moon in your seventh house of love is going to be a time for you to be working on your relationship. So there's kind of those ways. There's kind of the, I mean, I don't know, really know how to describe it. There's the first way, which is wishing and, and releasing. There's the second way, which is looking at it through the signs, what, what each lunation means through the 12 signs of the zodiac. And there's the third way, which is then going and looking at how it's actually triggering your chart. And if you read the book, uh, you'll be able to do all that. I've made it really, really simple. And um, I did put one kind of really advanced exercise in sort of Appendix D for the absolute diehards. And I do get quite a few emails from people who are like, no, nah, can't do that. It's just one step too far for me. But basically, uh, in terms of the main content of the book, everybody seems to uh, understand it, get it, practice it and find results with it. Brilliant. And if anybody wants to find you on social media or find your website, where can they find you? Okay, so you can find me at moonology.com, like astrology, but moonology.com. And you should be able to find all my social media links on the front page of my site. But I'm on, I've got two pages on Facebook, um, one with my name, Yasmin Boland, and one with, my, and one with the word moonology in it. Uh, and then I'm on Instagram. I've got a few accounts over there. I've got moonology.com. I've also just started a new one called Planet Yasmin Boland because uh, I wanted to leave moonology.com just to be purely moon. So on the moonology.com on Instagram, you'll get just a feed basically of daily moon messages, which also appear on my site, which you, by the way, can also sign up to in my newsletters. So, you know, I'm an ex-journalist, so I'm a prodigious writer <laughs> and uh, there's lots and lots of moon content pouring out of my fingertips on a daily basis. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Yasmin, for joining me on the podcast. It's been so lovely to speak to you and learn even more about moonology. And I'm sure my listeners are really grateful as well for the amazing advice you've given me. Well, my pleasure, Emma. Thank you for asking me. That's all right. Thank you so much. So thank you so much guys for listening to this podcast episode. I hope this has been really useful for you and you can now go and manifest with the moon phases. Make sure to check my website out, emmamumford.co.uk, where you can find loads of more information about myself and my merchandise range. And make sure to join in on the chat on my Facebook group, Law of Attraction Support Group, Emma Mumford. So I hope you all have a fabulous week and I will see you next week for my next podcast. Lots of love, guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.